Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Tech Doctor Podcast. This is the unorganized and wild and woolly version of it because we just do this one immediately after Apple does something exciting like the WWDC 2022 keynote event, which just took place a couple hours ago. So we are here to discuss it as we remember it and as we took notes about it. And we're going to just let you know our thoughts and feelings and where we're at with it all. So it's my great pleasure to welcome once again, Allison Malloy. Allison, I'm glad you're here. Welcome back. Thanks. Glad to be here. I'm still riding that post WWDC buzz. <laughs> Ooh, ride it. Keep, see if you can ride it for another hour or so. I think so. <laughs> and David Woodbridge, how are you doing, sir? I'm feeling a little bit tired because I had to compress those two hours of keynote into my 15 minute talking tech podcast before I came on the show today. So, yikes. I don't know if I'm overwound up or not, but yeah, trying to compress that in 15 minutes, particularly when you get your producer saying, can you be a little bit more concise? I was like, I'm trying to be. So yeah, so I will now let my hair down as it were, and I can now speak a little little bit more freely about all the fantastic things that happened today. Oh yes, we can let you have all the time you want. So let's all just breathe and settle ourselves (laughs) (laughs) and move into this as we see fit. So this was uh, started off as usual by Tim, who welcomed all the developers and told us a little bit about some new developer centers that uh, Apple has going around the country and around the world. And it's pretty cool. They're they're trying to recruit uh, developers of color and women, and they've even started a, a development academy in uh, in, in, in the Middle East. Um, so, I mean, it's in Saudi Arabia. So, I mean, it's pretty cool, right? That they're reaching out to, to developers. Uh, y'all have thoughts about any of that? I think that's just amazing as a woman who loves tech. I love to see other women getting into the field and especially in, in development and to hear about any kind of program that's going to help advance Um, opportunities for people of color and especially folks in the Middle East, especially women in the Middle East. It's just always heartening to see that. And it really just shows how much Apple really cares about equity and justice. Makes me think they actually, you know, don't just talk the talk, but they walk the walk. Yes, absolutely. I do, but I mean, the the thing that I would have loved to hear is, how much of their development type academies are completely accessible. So I know we've got Swift Playgrounds that, you know, when you're playing around in the code, that's fully accessible. But I'd love to see some training videos or documentation or whatever else it might be on, you know, somebody that's gone through one of these academies perhaps in the future that said, you know, I started from scratch uh, with an with an app thought and then I took it through the whole whole way, and now I'm a a, a developer on the, who's got an app on the App Store, selling it. So, so every time I hear things about color and women and that sort of stuff, it's fantastic. But I always say, think so. What's happening with the blind and low vision and other people with disabilities? Because that's also just as important. So, mm-hmm. I would have liked to hear a little bit more about that. So, I'm going to be nagging my Apple contact <laughs> here in <laughs> Australia and go. 
So besides those other other categories of people that take, got taken care of, how about the blind and low vision people? Were they also taken care of? Because every time I mentioned it, they always talk to me about, you know, oh, yeah, well, there's SWIFT Playgrounds. So, yeah, but SWIFT Playgrounds is not coding. That's practicing coding. I want to know about, you know, Xcode and how people who can't see start off with an initial app ID and get it, you know, right through to selling it or having it free on the app store. So that's what I, I would have loved to see as well. I so much appreciate you mentioning that, David, because it's a great point that I hadn't given too much thought to consciously, but you're right. Uh, if we're going to include a diversity, we need to really think about all of diversity. So that's a great point. Mm. Yeah. 34 million developers uh, participating in WWDC. I guess now that they do it virtually or doing it virtually uh, more or less this time, people can really participate, and that's exciting. Let's hope that uh, we see lots of new product products and, and, and apps and things coming out of that in the next few years. That's a lot of people. It's interesting because I've heard quite a few people say, and I've quite a lot of side of people say that, you know, one of the good things that have come out of COVID the last couple of years is people of companies like Apple, even though the developers were there in person, as it were, face-to-face, they still made the keynote a virtual event <laughs> um, so that if you were there, you could watch it. And, of course, if you're in the world, you could also watch it. But I've heard lots of people say because these are a pre-prepared, pre-filmed, highly edited keynotes, they're a lot more efficient. They're so much better done than a live keynote. Um, and they, they just said they get a lot more out of it. So I hope moving forward that Apple keeps moving forward with this virtual keynote, even though there's going to be people there. Uh, because for me, particularly the fact that, again, this was all audio described, I get such more out of the experience than listening to a, you know, a quote live keynote. Oh, I agree. And I I think it allows for a lot more creativity as well. I mean, of course, I love the audio description of the things that were going on during the meet of the keynote, but I was really tickled by the, I'm always tickled by the transitions where mm. you know, you've got somebody coming down <laughs> through the floor and the yep. drone flying over the landscape and shifting from day to night. Like that just seems like it looks really beautiful and we don't miss out on that. You know, and it's no. just, it like almost makes me emotional as I'm experiencing it to be able mm. to just experience it like everyone else. Well, me too, because it happens so rarely, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. how, how many times in your life have you had an experience where you felt like I even mm. got a handle on the visual stuff? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And because I, I mean, I, I lost my sight when I was eight. So I still remember what it's like to have vision. So mm-hmm. when they were talking about, you know, the lights, going through Apple Park and you could see the lights on in the four levels of the Apple main building. I was like, oh, yeah, I can remember exactly what that looks like visually. Yeah. And you you just feel like you were there almost in person. It was fantastic. But you're right, Robert. I, the number of times I felt included <laughs> in a visual presentation, I could probably count on one hand or maybe even two if I stretched it. But, um, no, it's an absolutely fantastic experience because you're right. It's like I'm getting the same information that side of people are getting. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I I have to give my my family and friends a lot of credit for thinking about me if we're sitting somewhere in in a theater or something and and filling me in a little bit. But it's nothing like the detail and the quality that you get with this audio description from Apple. It's quite amazing. No, and the and the other thing about this 
this stuff too. It's it's highly scripted audio description. It's not like, you know, your families do try, but I've just started karate. Now, karate, I don't know if you've ever experienced karate, but they move very fast through the movements and that sort of stuff. So by the time my daughter's finished describing the actual movement to me like a new cutter, they've already finished it. Yeah. So even last night I was thinking, God, I wish this was fully audio described my my karate event. So we've done it slightly differently now. But um yeah, I just thought pre-prepared stuff is so much more inclusive than this sort of live stuff or like you said, your family and friends do as, as much as they can, but it's nothing like having a a pre-prepared presentation done. Well, let's move on. Uh, Craig began by talking about iOS 16. Can you believe that? We're uh, up to 16 at this point. It's old enough to drive, I guess. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, it's just interesting to me that a big deal seems like this year is going to be a new, very much enhanced lock screen and they said it's the biggest Mm -hmm. update to lock screen that we've ever had and it seems like they really you know are combining a lot of things that they started last year with with focus and being Mm. able to customize lock screens and have multiple lock screens and and have them give you all kinds of information based on your focus rules depending on the time of day and so forth uh, and they're going to add widgets to the lock screen. Just seems like, a, to me, kind of a big deal. I don't know how it's going to be yet with voiceover, but it'll work somehow or other. Uh, what do you all think about the lock screen additions? Well, as usual, I'm pretty optimistic about the accessibility side of things because I think Apple, after all this time, has proven to us that that they can make a pretty accessible experience out of something new. Um, I personally have had some stability issues with both just the notification center and focus its focuses themselves, but I'm hoping that those will kind of stabilize. I am interested in this notion of, of multiple lock screens and even having widgets on the lock screen itself. I mean, right now I just swipe right and I've got my widgets but it'll be kind of interesting to see if I make use of, of having these multiple lock screens, depending on the, the information that I want. And a lot of it does seem pretty geared towards sighted people with wallpapers and pictures and things. But, of course, that's that's fine, too. Um, I just, I'm, you know, I'm always interested to see how, how these things are going to work. And I'm, you know, I'm excited because it, it could end up that has a feature that I would use like for me I think the multiple lock screens are probably the most intriguing sounding feature and being able to have the widgets right on there and save myself a swipe yeah Mm. and you know it's interesting I mean uh, they talk it must I think it's going to be fantastic visually for people talk about notifications rolling in from the bottom and Mm. I I just I suspect this is going to be a big deal honestly what do you think David I think, uh, dare I say, I think iOS 16 is catching up to Android. <laughs> well, that's a good point. Because uh, what they were talking about is exactly what I'm experiencing my Samsung Z Flip 3. So when they were talking about, you know, adding widgets to the to the lock screen, I thought, yeah, yeah, I've already got that on my uh, my Android phone already. Because I can do a lot of stuff on the, on my lock screen on my Samsung that I can't do on my iPhone, which really irritates me. I was like, oh, my goodness, iOS 16 is finally caught up to my to my Samsung phone. So 
That's going to be really good because I find quite a lot, particularly in the workday, um, my Android phone is actually my work phone now because I kept my iPhone for my personal use. And I can do a lot of stuff just without even having to unlock the phone. So to me, that's one of the great things. I, I thought, wow, now I, if I can use widgets, particularly things like, um, you know, can I make a quick recording or can I view the weather ahead a little bit rather than just what's happening today and, and just general stuff like that. I thought that's going to open up things quite dramatically. And the thing about the the focus between, you know, personal view and the and the work view, for example, those focus ones, they're going to be interesting because I, I only want to concentrate on my work, you know, my work calendar, my work email, um, uh, messages from people that I work with, all that sort of stuff. So, uh, that's the other thing I'm looking forward to. But, yeah, it's it's really nice that, you know, because sometimes you don't want to go for the whole thing about unlocking your phone, opening the app, dealing with the app. All you really want to do is just maybe just sometimes just grab some information uh, or read something and send off a quick message to Siri and then off you go again. So, yeah, that, that's what I'm looking forward to with the lock screen. Yep, very cool. Well, they moved on then to messages, and you're now going to have the ability to uh, to edit uh, sent messages. I guess if you if you want to fix it up, uh, you, you you can do that, and you can also undo sent messages. Mm. I'm not sure how that's going to work. Um, I guess it's going to hold off on sending it for a little while and give you a chance to undo it if you want to. You, you can't grab one back after you've sent it, can you? Well, I wouldn't be I mean- surprised. Go on, Alice. Go on. Well, I know with email, as long as somebody hasn't read it, at least in Outlook on Windows, you can you mm. can recall a message. So maybe it's something similar where if it's just showing as delivered and not mm. read, you might yep. be able to uh, to it might be just something as simple as going into the actions rotor. I'm I'm looking forward to this. Um, I saw a funny tweet. They were like, and with this feature, a million marriages will be saved. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just looking forward to it for, you know, if if I am moving too fast and I make a dictation error or a big typo mm. or send something to the wrong person, you know. Yeah, I mean, every time I see a, um, a retracted email in Outlook, I actually open it up and read it because I think, oh, what were you retracting again? <laughs> <laughs> so it's almost like I probably would have not read it if it hadn't, hadn't the, you know, this person's retracted this email. So. <laughs> Um, but the other thing that I like too is you can actually undelete messages from your history up to 30 days. So that'll be interesting. And I think too, Robert, they said that um, I think you can edit or retract it up to 15 minutes. So I'm just wondering that to your point, wherever it's actually holding it on the server for 15 minutes. So it won't be a direct a direct feature. I don't know. But yeah, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that works. But because a lot of the time when I send stuff to my wife, she's so used to Siri making mistakes, she can back translate from what Siri's got wrong to what I'm talking about. But when I send it to complete or people that I actually have to work with, like tradespeople or suppliers and that sort of stuff, if it makes a mistake with Siri, people have got no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, so for that's, sure. That's going to as well. Yeah. Well, you know, I thought this feature was already in there, but they mentioned the fact that you can mark a thread as unread if you want to go back to it later. I didn't know you couldn't do that already, but I guess you yeah, couldn't. Yeah, I didn't know either. Um, so, go ahead, David. I was going to say, that's actually not, not, not a too bad feature sometimes because sometimes, I mean, for me, I want to make, if I want to go back and reread something, I've, I would have loved to make it unread, which basically means that I, I didn't pay more attention to it. It's like, oh, yeah, I've got to go back and reread that again. 
So to make something unread to me is, is great because it makes me pay more attention to it. Yeah, for sure. So you can now start a share play from messages. I don't really know too much about share play. I don't really use it much. I've never no. used it. Okay, so we're not going to no, have a wealth like the, of knowledge about share play here, it doesn't sound like. That's like the that's like the ping function in iTunes, remember, where you could actually share what you were listening to with other people? I wonder if people actually really use share play to, you know, share play music and share play movies and I don't know. I, I think it's... Apple trying to say, look, you know, we're we're a beautiful worldwide community of loving, caring, sharing people. I just can't. Never mind that we keep going out and shooting people. Well, that's well, that's beside the point. You're you're sharing the fact that you. I don't know what you're sharing, but anyway, yes. (laughs) We don't know that about in Australia. We're just a bunch of cynical, loving people in Australia. I don't know country. if cynical and loving can go in the same sentence, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, mate, if you're Australian, bloody oath. All right. <laughs> I was intrigued by by the the enhancements to uh, the dictation uh, mm. features. Uh, what do you guys think Think about? It uh, looks like they're going to, I don't know exactly how this is going to work, but you're, you're going to be able to not have to say the punctuation anymore. Apparently, it's going to detect it. I'm from, nervous about this. Yeah. <laughs> I want it to work really badly, comma, but I'm but I'm nervous. <laughs> well, you know, they must have they must have a lot of experience with it. They said dictation is used 18 billion times each month. That's yeah, a few hmm. few messages being dictated there. And how many billions of errors does it make? I don't know that they yeah, didn't exactly. say that. <laughs> yeah, although I must admit, the one that did catch my attention now we're talking about dictation was the fact that the on-screen keyboard stays on the screen, which to me, if you're using voiceover and or a Bluetooth keyboard with the keyboard still on the screen as well, then if you think you're about to voice dictate something that Siri or Strat slash the dictation is going to completely stuff up, you can keep typing. So that's going to be interesting to see how the magic tap function works because as far as I know, that's going to sort of block voiceover. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. if they're going to be doing it the same way. I think if you use voice control, so voice control, as soon as voice control sees an edit field, it actually has dictation on by default. There's no two-finger double tap or anything. As soon as you start talking, it dictates. And I think that's probably what they're going to be using for an edit field if they're doing this live dictation slash keyboard access. So that's going to be really intriguing because a few times I think there was no way, like I was trying to write in, what was it? Oh, I was trying to write brilliant BI40X the other day and there was no, I mean, what what, um, what Siri came up with was brilliant by, as in BY, mm-hmm. four zero space and then X. And I thought, yeah, no, that's not what I wanted you to say. I wanted you to actually do it properly. So even for technical terms, I think being able to just pop directly in with having to fuss around too much, type on your keyboard or use the on-screen keyboard with voiceover is going to be fantastic. Yeah. The, uh, the, the I think the, the interesting piece of devils in the details will be how well, and you sort of mentioned this, but how well does that feature work with voiceover when you're trying to mm. dictate and you're trying to type and uh, I don't know, voiceover is in the mix somewhere if it is. It's going to be interesting to see how well that works. I hope it works great. Oh look! Knowing Apple would be absolutely sparkling. It'll be. It it just works. That's that's the. Thing. It will. It'll just work. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they're 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 going to apparently they've enhanced the the Siri API a good bit where uh, Siri's going to be able to take advantage of 
what's going on with more apps without there needing to be a lot of setup being done, like mm. shortcuts and things like that. So again, let's let's hope that works really well because Siri needs a little bit of a a, a facelift at this point she in terms sure of being does. able to work well. He does. Yeah, poor Siri. She's yeah. being left behind or he or she, depending on what you're using, has been left behind. Yeah. Actually, no, it's funny now because it's not he or she anymore. It's voice one, voice two, voice three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not oh, yeah. be non-binary anymore. Uh, correct. That's exactly right. Yeah. Actually, so, what I'd be loved, what I'd love to do with Siri is to say, open Audible and play this title for me. Yeah, That's what oh, I'd love to see wonderful. with Siri. It's like, yeah, you're not going to find me anywhere in the books app, thanks very much, because the audio books are so expensive. But oh God, that's what yeah. I've been hanging out for. So that's the first thing I'm going to be trying out when we do get iOS 16, um, beta at least, is to say, oh, can I now do a shortcut or can you interface with Audible to see if I can do that? So that's going to be fantastic. I think there's the potential that you will be able to. I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing they're going for. So let's hope it works. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Live text is coming to videos. I don't know how that will work, but I guess you can try that out if you want to, like you can with photos. You can have yeah, it's live great text. In photos. Yeah, that's well, it's going to be interesting because if there's live text in a video, I think they were talking about if there was a coding on the screen that they were talking about, you can actually grab that text out of the video and then you know paste it to somewhere else. So that I think that sort of stuff was going to be fantastic. Particularly when go, people say. Now, as you can see, this coding example, you think, what coding example? <laughs> so yeah. hopefully that's going to make accessibility a little bit more universal. Yeah. Apparently you can lift a dog out of an image and move it somewhere else. I guess oh, that's yeah. going to be fun. <laughs> Stop sitting in front of the door. Get over there, Mr. <laughs> Put it in another app. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you're now going from the inside to the outside in the doghouse where you belong. Now stay there. Oh, dear. Next, we moved on to the wallet, and they want to replace your physical wallet with your virtual wallet, and they're trying to add a lot of new things like uh, driver's licenses and onboard uh, checkpoint information, I guess, at airports, and keys mm-hmm. are becoming a big deal. They want your virtual wallet to have a key for everything. Your iPhone can unlock all your stuff. What do you think? You excited about the, uh, the, the additions to wallet? Yes, I'm ready for it. Right now, we don't have any smart locks or anything in the in the house, but maybe, maybe eventually we have in the past. So they're awfully convenient, and I would love to be able to have my ID just in wallet and not have to always worry. Oh, do I did I bring my actual wallet with the cards mm-hmm. and everything? Sure, be convenient, like, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh my Mm. gosh. And I don't know when Ohio will get it, but I know there's some other states that are working on getting on board. And um, I really am looking forward to checking out that Apple Pay later and the advanced tracking information that you can get. Um, I think Shopify is starting it and other Mm. vendors are going to come on board. Yeah. I I get grumpy when Apple Apple starts talking about the things that Apple Pay is doing because it's only in, quote, the United States of America and nowhere else in the world, including oh, Australia, my may I say. That's a if shame. If I was voice dictating, I'd say exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's really funny because um, when they were talking about Apple Pay, we, we, we filled up the car with petrol the other day and my wife had left her um, her wallet behind. 
And I and she went, do you have your phones? Like, nah. I said, but I've got my Apple Watch. So we ended up paying for the petrol on my Apple Watch. And I was like, oh, thank God, cool. I've still got my watch. <laughs> that is cool. Even, yeah. I know, because I thought, oh, God, we're going to be written down as a, dro- a drive off if we if we can't pay for the fuel, even though we're there. So, um, yeah. So, but no, I, I anything to do with Apple Pay, I mean, I know I'd, I'd love to see, you know, the Apple the Apple card and all that sort of stuff. But the fact that, you know, Apple Pay is still available, I, I, I still think it's pretty cool. So, I wasn't as disappointed that I, that I could have been, but if, you know what? As long as I got Apple Pay, I'm fine. Well, I hope more of it does come to Australia. I'm, I'm hoping you. for that this year. Thank you. Good. So we moved on to maps, and um, it seems like a lot of good enhancements to maps. But one thing that was interesting to me that I've heard a lot of people ask for is a multi-stop feature where you can create a mm. route that has multiple stops on it, mm-hmm. and you can – modify the ask Siri to modify it even along the way. Like you can add more stops to it if you realize, oh, I need to stop by the laundry or whatever. So, so mm. I mean, uh, I think that, I think what we're seeing, at least as it appears to me in maps, is is really maybe this is more more catch up kind of thing you're talking about, David. You know, with Android, maybe with Google, but it just seems like they're now really starting to flesh maps out to to be very mm. mature in what it's offering. Which it wasn't for for mm. quite a long time. No, I think it makes a lot of sense because when, when I when I go to work, I mean I've got effectively got two workplaces, so I can catch the train, get off, go to my first work here in Gosford. I jump back on the train, I go to Sydney, I go to my other workplace, then back to the station again. So, you know, to be able to do it all in one route rather than actually having multiples because I'm getting on and off public transport and then walking as well, that would be really fantastic to me. And the other thing to for us in the uh, Southern Hemisphere was that Maps finally comes to New Zealand. So that'll make New Zealanders happy. And the other thing too is they were adding, as they've been adding cities around the world, Sydney comes to Apple Maps. So if you're a sighted person, you can effectively wander around and look around Sydney at all the buildings in the streets and all that sort of cool stuff, Opera House, the Harbour Bridge, mm-hmm. all those sort of really cool things. So I think for sighted people, that's going to be really enjoyable where you can literally virtually stroll around your own city in, in at least in Sydney in Australia. So you'll be able to hopefully later on, of course, they're going to add up a capital cities in Australia. But I thought, oh, finally, Apple's remembered that Australia does exist after all. So that was good. <laughs> That's a good thing. Indeed. Bringing a lot more sports to both uh, Apple TV and to Apple News Plus. So you're going to be able mm-hmm. to get sports information if you subscribe to those services. And Siri is already pretty good at answering sports questions, but it's going to get even mm-hmm. better. And if you're a sports person, you can be excited, I suppose. Any well, actually, comments what's, on that? What- What's interesting for that one, I've get, I getting, keep getting people here in Australia asking me, you know, what apps can I use to keep up with the, you know, the soccer over here, rugby league and rugby league and that sort of stuff. And I often say, well, you can access them, but they're that, I mean, they're, they're okay, but they're still a bit hard to navigate. So if this works, particularly as a, a live activity, they call it for notifications, that'd be pretty cool. And I thought, they've got Australia listed again. So I thought, if the cricket gets in there, I'll be very excited because, you know, when Australia plays the T20 or test matches or one days, um, I'm always after, you know, what's the current score and who's batting and who's bowling and all that sort of stuff. So I thought, you know, I can, I, I can leave basketball and I can leave other sports behind, but I've, I've got to get my cricket fixed. So if that happens, particularly they've got Australia mentioned, I thought, yes, please, I'll have that any day. 
Oh, that'll be awesome. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm into football now because I do fantasy football. And so to be able to more easily keep up with what's, with what's going on. I mean, there mm. are multiple apps that you can use, but to be able to just have something that's built right in. Yep. It'd be kind of awesome. Mm. Well, I'm surprised my fellow podcasters are passionate about sports. Good deal. <laughs> I'm into college basketball and uh, I yeah. enjoy my New York Yankees in the summer with baseball. So yeah, I think it's good. And and obviously sports are very popular. So Apple's uh, going down the right road, I guess with that. <laughs> well, you know, you'd be retired, Robert, you'd be out there, you know, with your, your club and your ball and you'd be wandering around the, the golf course every, <laughs> every weekend. And wandering around would be about right. I think. <laughs> Where did that go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's actually a, there's a good explanation for what what golf what Australians called golf, but it's like if you can imagine the word whack and then a very rude four letter word after it, because you go whack and you go where the hell did that go? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much what a blind person would experience <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so I don't know why I mentioned that, but never mind. Well, it's okay, Doctor Woodbridge. You 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 went off a little tangent there, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> it's <right> back now. <laughs> okay, so uh, some new additions coming to uh, family sharing, which is good if you if you if you're into that kind of thing. It's going to be easier to create accounts for kids and easier to to uh, make sure that you understand uh, what restrictions you you have in place for them. There's mm. going to be a che- family sharing checklist and things like that. Uh, better ways to share photos with families. We're going to soon have iCloud shared photos where you mm. can share your library, a part of it, or I'm not sure exactly how it's all going to work, but I, I think it'll that'll make a lot of people happy. A lot of people wanted to have better ways of sharing their family photos. So very cool, right? What, what I liked about that one, particularly now that um, our whole family or extended family doing karate now. So what one of the main features was that if you are with your family sharing people at an event and you're all there, you can straight away share the photos with your other family sharing at that particular geographical location. So, you know, if we go on a black belt camp or we do other stuff together as a family, um, then you can actually share it straight away without having to say, you know, can I can I share this with you? So I thought that was really, really, really fantastic. So that, again, is really bringing that whole sort of community, family focus, you know, right up front and make yeah. it so straightforward and so easy to do it. You know, if there's a theme in my mind to this year's keynote, it's really been, it, it seems like to me it was really about so many of these things that they've introduced in the past growing up becoming more mature mm. right i mean that's mm-hmm. that's kind of what seems like what's happening this year i mean you know they, they apple caught a lot of grief warranted or not when they introduced air tags and and other things that mm. allowed people to 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 uh to abuse uh, the system or that allowed people who abused other people to keep track of them in ways that wasn't okay and things like that. But they, they've now introduced a, a personal uh, safety system where if, if you are a, a victim of abuse, you can have much more control over uh, what, what mm-hmm. your abuser has access to of yours or doesn't have access to of yours. And you can check on what the situation is. I, I think that's a really good move on Apple's part. Oh, I agree. I was, I was, you know, I was into the keynote anyway, but that was kind of like a turning point of amazingness for me when I heard about that. I was like, that is, that, this feature is going to save lives. Mm. So I was, 
I was really happy to see that. Yeah, I mean, it really seems like, again, you know, uh, it's nice when you realize Apple is paying attention. Like when they hear Mm -hmm. where people are struggling with something they've done, they try to do something about it. And I love that. Yeah, me too. No, I agree. Yeah, no. That 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 made me that safety security feature really really made me sit up and take notice because you're right, Apple did cut a lot of, a lot of flack out of AirTags and I feel like saying you know Apple's not the first one to do um, tracking tags, don't you? But mm. besides that, I thought no that because particularly if you've been in an abusive relationship and or you've been sharing things like family photos or your location and lots of stuff, you don't know what's on and off, and this is the ability to be able to check what what location services or whatever else might have access to on your phone and other people sharing your location. So I thought it was a great feature. So, yeah, I mean, and I think you're right. It's All these features are, are really growing up and becoming quite mature now. Yeah, and then we, we moved on to smart home. And I've actually had pretty good luck with HomeKit myself, although I don't use it extensively, but with my thermostat and so forth, it's worked quite well for me. But it sounds like they they are implementing, along with a number of other companies, a, a new standard called Matter. And they tried to let us know that they feel like that they've been able to protect people's privacy and so forth while adding more flexibility and, and adding a lot more potential products to the HomeKit arena. You guys have any, any thoughts about all that? Do you, do you have much experience with HomeKit or what do you think about it moving in this direction? So I did a little bit of research on this back when Matter was first starting to be talked about. And the whole kind of crux of it is that Apple and these other companies, Google, Amazon's a part of it, there's several, they really recognize that in order for smart homes to to take off and really be as much of a thing as all the companies want them to be. We have to kind of recognize that everybody's going to be using kind of multi-platform, mm-hmm. multi-brand um, and company devices to build our smart homes. And so that's kind of what gave way to the birth of this matter standard. And I'm really really, really interested to see it talked about in a public keynote setting like this. Because when I was first reading about it, they were like, ah, it could be around in this summer or not at all. So it was it was really cool to see um to see that being talked about publicly. I use some home kit. I, I do find I use um the Amazon lady more just mm. because she's everywhere in my house. Um, and I don't always have my phone right with me and if i don't have my watch on you know i don't have siri right there so but it but it has worked for me in the past so i'm interested to see you know how it continues to evolve yeah it's also funny i've sort of i think because i've had home kit stuff since the start which is i don't know i don't know if it's been about five years or not but i've sort of gone to the point now where i've sort of gone beyond you know, big deal, big deal about turning my lights on and off or big deal about, you know, controlling the front door. What I want to know is I want apps that I can interface with appliances now. So I want to be able to control my washing machine and my dryer and my dishwasher and want to interact with whatever's in, um, you know, the, a smart fridge, the oven. Mm. So I want to sort of go to the next level. I want to go beyond sort of the almost the boring hey look i can play music in my lounge room or in the bedroom and so on i want 
I want to get to the point where I can just completely control my appliances just by my voice. Mm-hmm. So I can say, you know, okay, I've just I've just put clothes in the washing machine. Um, hey, washing machine, uh, turn on, you know, whatever is the white cycle or the coloured cycle, and how many how, how much I want on it for, and how many rinses I want it done. That'd be pretty cool. So. And the other thing I've done with my home now is I've decreased my number of smart speakers. I've got rid of all my Google stuff. So now I'm only using Amazon and um, and Siri. And I'm trying to sort of streamline back again. Because <laughs> at one stage, I think I might have told you this in a, in a previous Tech Doctor podcast, but I, at one stage I had 27 smart speakers. Yeah. Um, I think I'm down to about 12 now. So I'm, 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 reducing right. my, I'm reducing my overall impact upon the world by reducing less energy. But I'm also trying to streamline it because like Alison said, you end up having different products and different people. And I would really like to see just one or a set of products that can be accessed by whatever smart speaker you might be using. Well, I think you kind of implied this, David, in what you said, but for me, I would like to see the the washing machine not only be able to be controlled by my voice, but I'd like to see that smart device be able to give me information that is accessible on the touch screen of the washing machine. I want it to tell me, hey, you forgot mm. to put the soap in or yep, um, exactly. you, you need to do this or that to, to make the yep. appliance work properly. And I'd yep. love to see us really move way forward in that direction. That would be fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Mm. And, and, you know, another theme that we really saw in this keynote is these things that we're just talking about with HomeKit will will automatically be coming to uh, to iOS, to iPadOS, and to the Mac. And we're seeing this more and more where they're not making the operating systems the same, but they're bringing you the same useful features slightly mm. in somewhat different ways, but but to all, all the operating systems, which I think is a very smart move on Apple's part. Oh, I agree. Mm. Yeah, and, and sort of coming off that too, speaking of uh, being able to access the screens and that sort of stuff, when they just started talking about CarPlay, because yeah, I that's the my, next thing. Get, tell yeah. us about it. <laughs> so I bought my Subaru Forester in 2019. People say it's funny when a blind person buys a car, but I actually don't drive it. I just bought it. Um, and they said that basically what it will do, it'll replace all your whole instrument cluster and your screens in your car. So at the moment, um, our Forester's got three major screens plus the instrument control panel. So that's where you've got your speedometer and your odometer and your blah, 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 temperature control, the vehicle traction, all that sort of cool stuff. And they said that the CarPlay will now interface with the systems in the car. So rather than looking at all your different screens and your instrument panel behind your steering wheel, it'll all be on your iPhone. And you can actually tailor make it to the way you want it. So you can even have a retro look of the old-fashioned gauges, whatever else you like. And I believe they said that um, a lot of car manufacturers around the world would be looking at fully integrating this deep integration of CarPlay starting next year. So I thought, right, that's it. Wouldn't it be cool if I'd not only got an an, an electric Subaru Forester next year or the year after, but it had this full integration? Because then I could say to my wife, uh, Ellen, I, I don't know if you realise, but the, the the speed on the freeway in Australia is only 110 kilometres an hour, not 145. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> now, I should, I probably should add that my wife does not speed. That was just a joke. Oh well, I will warn you though, Doctor Woodbridge. If you keep buying all these cars, you will never be able to retire. No, it's true. That's right. 
they keep adding the price of the car to the mortgage. Oh, dear, yeah, for sure. It was a little strange to me. Maybe you all caught this and I missed something. But at the end of the CarPlay thing, they started mm. talking about spatial audio advanced weird, in AirPods. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And you it's like an wasn't it? Yeah, you can now use true depth camera with spatial audio. Do you all know what that means? Like they just stuck that right in there for some reason. I, I wonder if it's something where it uses the camera to note where your face is in space and to kind of then customize the spatial audio experience but but then you move so i don't know and i guess it moves along with you right i I guess i guess it does yeah but it already does that so well it's gonna be i just thought they yeah i just thought they had to put it in somewhere so they just whacked it in i'm sure it was it's it's probably one of those things where there was probably a lot more information on the screen Mm -hmm. because quite a few times you've got multiple points in slides that I know everybody's taking photos of stuff in slides and that sort of stuff so I wouldn't be surprised if there was a heading called airplay or spatial audio and then a whole list of points underneath it I just couldn't fit it all in so yeah Um, we then moved on to watch OS 9 Um, there are four new watch faces. Um, I didn't, I didn't, uh, some new Siri integration with the podcast app, um, new workout stuff where we're going to, you know, get more information about how your heart rate is being affected by your workout, things like that. Did you all, what do you all think about the, the new watch OS update? I mean, I thought it was fine. I thought it was interesting, the the different sleep data that you can get if you have trouble sleeping right now. Since I've lost a ton of weight, I'm not having trouble. But if I ever start having trouble in the future, it'd be nice to have that information. Um, I, I guess I wanted more in terms of things that it could monitor, but I think you have to wait for new hardware for that. So yeah. that might still be a ways off. It is good that that is they're going to do more with the different stages of sleep. Mm-hmm. That's going to provide a, a bit better information, hopefully, that people can do something with. Yeah. Yeah, although when you think about proper sleep monitoring, I mean, you're linked up to so many sensors for oh your, goodness, you know, yeah. your brain, your heart, your breathing, your oxygen level. I mean, there's really only a certain amount of stuff that your Apple Watch is actually going to get to it i mean i know that the apple watch does you know your heartbeat and your blood oxygen level and that sort of stuff but when you've done a proper sleep study there are so many devices that you've got attached to so you're right and i sort of you know wonder how much uh, an apple watch can pick up but the thing that disappointed me a little bit was i don't know why apple always has to talk about these extreme athletes all the time and running i mean i don't know if you guys I don't know if it's people in the United States must have to run everywhere and you become, you know, excellent <laughs> athletes. So you've got to test out your stride length. And oh, yeah, we're in fantastic shape over and, here. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. And I just thought, why doesn't Apple also focus on sort of the older older type population? So, you know, work on You mean like, like the people that can afford Apple equipment? Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, looks a bug of the third world countries and that sort of stuff and, and people like that. So, but it's like rather than spending all this time talking about stuff that quite a few people are just not interested in, I mean, I don't, I don't care how people run. Um, 
you know, why focus on why not focus on other stuff that more of a majority of the planet actually does rather than just running all the time? So, I, I just wish they would make more stuff more generally available to the population and that sort of stuff. Like, and they probably can't do this, but like, you know, for example, your 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 posture when you're sitting and that sort of stuff. I know that would be hard to look at with an Apple Watch, but. Um, and, and like Alison, I just wanted to see new hardware. Like I wanted, to, I mean, we've always talked about doing the the glucose monitoring, that sort of stuff, and and and, and other stuff. And I thought, oh, well, that's probably just tend to be new, some new hardware. So I was a little bit underwhelmed on the Apple Watch. I did like the yeah. fact that you can actually use VoIP calls. I didn't know you couldn't do that already, but you can use Zoom and supposedly, you know, Teams and that sort of stuff, WebEx on the Apple Watch. So I thought, well, at least that's good. Okay. And the other thing that the other thing that came off the Apple Watch too is that you can also use the fitness app on your iPhone with at your Apple Watch to get proper, you know, step count and calories and that sort of stuff if you don't have an Apple Watch. So I thought at least that's a, a good start. Yeah. But I yeah, bet there'll be a little a commercial in there. You can do this with your iPhone, but you'd work better if you get an Apple Watch. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like those one of those those shopping ads. But not only can you do this, we'll throw in ten steak knives. But exactly. not only that, we will also <laughs> I did see that they're going to implement more um, medication tracking. Ah, uh, so you yes. You can manage your medicines better and you can log them mm. uh, better w- w- with your watch and you can get notifications when you need to take one, things like that. That's a good move. Now that I'm looking forward to because I take mm. a lot of supplements now that I've had weight loss surgery and I'm forever like, okay, did I, did I take this? And I'm setting complex <laughs> reminders and, yeah. you know, and, and there's just this constantly bling, bling, bling. And so I, I'm, I would like to have it a little more streamlined. Yeah. No, the same here. My wife said she had um, weight reduction surgery about three years ago, and she's always taking vitamins and supplements mm-hmm. and this and that and the other goddamn things. So, yep. um, so that that would be great because that's going to be a new medication tracking app. Um, so I think as soon as that becomes available, I'll be telling you all about it because that's going to be a great way of just seamlessly be able to just to remind yourself, just popping up and go. Okay, so you've just had breakfast. Did you take your multivitamins or you just had this heavy taking your other medication? So, uh, yeah. And the fact that, and I'm assuming this is going to work with voiceover, but you can actually take a photo of the medication and it will basically put it in and hopefully give you suggestions about what it thinks the medication is. And then you can add it that way. So, that's going to be really interesting, Steph. That's going to be really handy for blind and low vision people as well. Absolutely. You can scan that label. Yep. Hopefully it's not only a US thing, exclamation mark, exclamation yeah, mark. Right. <laughs> no, you, you, surely you can scan an Australian uh, medicine bottle, right? I mean, oh, it'll probably uh, say it's not registered. What would it take? Well, I don't know. It shouldn't take that much. I mean, it's a big database of stuff around the world. So, yeah, so hopefully it'll work. Yeah, I'm sorry, mate. We don't recognize kangaroo stuff from Australia. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> kangaroo health. That's it. So I think that we then moved pretty much, unless anybody else has anything to add about what we where we where we are with the watch. I think we then pretty much moved on to the Mac OS, and uh, uh, we, we kind of interesting, a little bit uncertain whether this would happen or not. But we learned about the introduction of the M2 chip and of the new redesigned MacBook Air. And of a new 13-inch MacBook Pro, which hardly got any airtime, but it seems that the MacBook Air is the beloved one at this point. What do you all think? 
Well, I might be getting one. <laughs> I um, I I really uh, it seems even to me because my favorite computer in terms of speed and performance was the MacBook Pro that I had, um, and that had I think the M1 Pro chip. The MacBook Pro is nice because it has the fanless design. It has a you mean the mode. MacBook Air. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, the MacBook Air is nice because it has the, the fanless design, the proper row of function keys. The the Pro, I did do some research, and it still has the touch bar. So I would That surprised that. me. Oh, yeah. That's weird, isn't it? I thought they were getting rid of the touch bar. Yeah, oh. because my Pro that I got before didn't have a touch bar. It was new, so but I I don't like the touch bar. So well, I, I can any- tell you, Allison, I have the 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 original M1 MacBook Air, mm-hmm. and I love it. And so I, I. I, w- I would not hesitate to recommend this new M2 MacBook Air to anyone that I know. It is amazingly powerful, and and it will I, I would just bet do do everything you would want would a think. Mac to do. Yeah, I'd think so. Yeah, but and it, was it both the, the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro? They said the MagSafe was coming back, which is one of my favorite Mac features of all time. Because um, that to me would be brilliant, and that's where the basically the connector just sits on the the side, and if you trip over your cable, it doesn't pull the whole MacBook off the off the table. Yeah, the new thought, MagSafe is great. It came back in the yeah. last crop of twenty one um, MacBook Pros, and it it is nice. Yeah. And you don't have to use I, one of your ports for charging on the new no. MacBook Air. And, and it has fast charging. Mean, I don't know if it's actually the MacBook Air, uh, Pro only, but fast charging sounded good. But I was like, MagSafe. I remember MagSafe back in 2008. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for <laughs> like, sure. Yes, please. Oh, I love that. I love the Mac because I can remember the person demonstrating who said, Look what happens when I stamp on this cord connected to my Mac, my Mac, and I went no, and he went stamp, and like and the, and the cord just went tip on the ground, and I went oh, I said yep, it didn't actually make the laptop fall off the desk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a wonderful thing, you know. And, and these M1, M2 chips, they are much more iOS or iPad like mm. then they don't you don't need a fan with these macbook airs you get incredible battery life uh you know yep. i might record a whole hour of zoom and my battery dropped two percent so mm. you just can't beat it and mm-hmm. if i'm tempted by anything that was announced in this keynote i would be tempted to get one of those new redesigned macbook airs i, I love that machine now yeah, although the 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 pro just sounded, I mean, it's really geared towards video, you know, four K, eight K video. I mean, the fact that it's got twenty four gigabytes of RAM now that the you can the get that on CPU the air too now. So yeah, I, I so may I, have spec'd out an air. You may have spec'd out an air, right? App. Yeah, <laughs> you <laughs> may have. Yeah, I wouldn't be a bit surprised. That's it. But I mean, for the stuff that I use my M one for, I just thought I've just got. I've got no, I mean, I've got both the M1 Air and the M1 Pro. And I just thought the stuff that I do, I, I've just got no need for a new a new laptop at the moment. But I, I, and I, I always get disappointed. I always sit there going, come on, Apple, say it. I know you're going to say faster, more efficient, and thinner. And they did. Yeah. I went, will you stop yeah. saying it's thinner? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, my, my only um, rationale, which is a poor one, really, but for, talking myself into a new MacBook Air is because I bought this one 
with mm. with only eight. Uh, well, I mean, sorry, with, with only two fifty six gigs of storage, mm. uh-huh. and uh, I, you know, I just bought the. I just wanted to try out the M one, so I just bought what I could at the time. But really, for my computer that I use every day, I'd like to have more storage on it. Yeah, I can understand yeah. that. But no, I don't need one, right? I mean, it, this computer, I have to be careful not to put too much junk on it, but it's meeting my needs perfectly. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just interesting. Now, did I hear they say that they're going to keep the M1 Air as a low-end machine? Yeah, $999 or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's not a... That's not a bad idea either, because no. lots of families go. Well, you know, you know, mate, you don't. You're fourteen years old. You don't need an M2 Mac. You this M1's perfectly fine. Thanks very much. It is. There's um, nothing wrong with it. No, and look, because they keep choosing blasted California names for the Mac operating system. I'm assuming Mac Ventura. Is that what? Is that spelt the way it sounds, or no? V e n t u r a. Yep. Oh, That's how good. I spelled Thank it, but we can ask the, the former California woman. She would know how to spell all these things. <laughs> yes. I, I, I love it how Craig goes, and they jumped in the little micro minibus and <laughs> journeyed forth, and they were, yeah. I thought, because uh, I think when I did Monterey, and I thought, I didn't even know how to even freaking spell Monterey, let alone where it is. Yeah, so for thought, sure. Thank God Ventura was a bit more sort of, I hope it's phonetically sounds the same as the way it's spelt. So it obviously is. So that's fantastic. <laughs> Very good. So what is that now? Mac OS, is that 15? 16? No. I don't know, really. David. I can't no. keep track I anymore. Can't, I don't even like assign numbers 12. to it in my head anymore. I don't know if it's, no, I did, no, that's true. Yeah. That's like Windows yeah. 11 now. I just think, yeah, whatever. So um, no, that'll be interesting. And it, that's one thing I'm going to be looking forward to is just getting my hands. The other now, I don't know if we're jumping. Oh, we you know we haven't actually hit Mac OS properly. We'll just be talking about the Macs because I want to. Talk well, about we're 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 there well, though. I'll we're calm Mac down. OS. Go ahead. All right. One of the features I went, oh yes, please, is the fact that you can now be able to use your iPhone properly as your webcam. So there's been this sort of dodgy, well, not dodgy, but there's been these apps that you can do it before. But this time, when you want to use uh, Zoom, WebEx, um, FaceTime, the the actual Mac will automatically detect you've got your iPhone. And when they did the demonstration, they said that, you know, that when they were demoing it, Craig said to the guy, you know, it looks like you've got a ring light because you can actually do a studio light on your face when you, you can blow your background. And because it can also use the back camera, um, you can also get a, a shot of what's, you know, behind your iPhone. And the other thing they mentioned was that Belkin's going to bring out some really cool stands later on this year that will take full advantage of be able to use the front camera and the back camera. So I thought, because I'm starting to do video product um, demos now for work, I need the ability to be able to use my iPhone for that higher clarity videoing type stuff. I just can't get away, you know, using it, using the, the, the camera in the, the MacBook because it's just not good enough. So I thought that's one of the things I've been hanging out for for a long time. So finally it's here. So that was one of my, you know, yes, please. I'm definitely, well, I'm going to be updating to the beaters anyway, but that to me was an outstanding feature now or will be. Yeah. And, and it's a great point because that that's a, a fantastic camera going uh, to waste if you can't use it in that way, right on, on that iPhone. Mm. What about this uh, this, um, is it now? I'm blanking on it. Is it called on stage feature? Stage manager. Yes. Stage, stage manager, manager not yeah. on stage. Stage manager. Thank you. Yeah. Stage manager. <laughs> what, what, do you, I don't know if that's gonna. 
I don't know what that's going to be like for voiceover users. Does it sound? It sounds to me, and maybe I'm wrong. Mm. It sounds like having multiple desktops in Windows, or uh, no, yeah. So what it sounded like to me was, and I can I can understand how this works on a touch screen. So maybe it's going to work better with the trackpad on your MacBook. But because it parks off all the apps you're not using, there must be small icons on the left hand side of your screen, and the main app you're using on has got center stage basically. So it's like you're facing using face FaceTime. Um, and then you can also group the apps on the left-hand side. So it's like split beyond the iPad. So if you want to mm-hmm. use messages and notes within the same group, when you drag those ones back in, you'll have them two centered apps on your screen. And I was thinking that makes a lot of sense if you're using a touch screen because you can almost effectively run your finger down the left-hand side of the screen and double tap on the one you want to want using voiceover. Um, I'm assuming there's going to have to be some, you know, keyboard command that does a similar thing. But mm-hmm. now for a blind person, you're you're a bit of a linear user of your computer. You're only going to be using or, or listening to one app at a time. So I'm assuming, you know, good old command tab works. Mm-hmm. But I'm just wondering, like command tab works on the iPad where you, you know, you switch over to a split screen setup. So you've got Safari and Twitter, for example, Um that you'll be able to then jump between those two apps on the same screen without, you know, command tabbing around. So I think that's going to be worth a, a, a bit of a good play, but it, it sounded quite intriguing. I don't know really if it's going to speed up access for blind people because it, it almost sounded like, uh, what's that thing called? Not Launchpad. Uh, what's the other thing where you've got multiple windows on different apps on your screen for Mac? Um, mission Control. Mission Control. Yeah, yeah. I never There's used mission it, control. Yeah. I always yeah, turn that off. <laughs> yeah, so you've got, you know, you can have text edit or WordPad open and then the multiple documents under that. And I thought, I don't even use that because it doesn't make any sense to me as a blind person using a screen reader. So I'm just wondering if it's going to be one of these sort of highly visual things that it's like, yep, great for a sighted person. My wife's probably going to love it. It, it um, may be, but, you know, it's it's also true that, that Stage Manager is coming to iPad OS. So it might be more useful, as you were saying, on the iPad with yeah, the touch the touchscreen. Screen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but no, it sounded intriguing. Intriguing, that's for sure. So there's a, a, a quite quite a, a beefy update. It sounds like to to Spotlight, and we'll see mm. how that works. I'm glad to see that. Um, Safari, you're going to be able to share tab groups um, mm-hmm. with with your friends. The one that intrigues me the most in in this whole section, though, is this idea of the pass key instead of using passwords. And Mm. I I do think there needs to be something seriously done about all the issues that there are with passwords. And this pass key thing sounds interesting. I don't quite fully understand it yet, but, but they did say, you know, in so many words, uh, this is a work in progress. We've got a, a ways to go to eliminate the use of passwords, but it sounds like, it sounds like they're moving forward with it. Yeah. It sounds like when Mm. this is more implemented, you will be able to just log into things biometrically using touch ID, either on your phone or your Mac without actually having to create a password. So it's not like now where you can use a password manager and authenticate biometrically. You, in, in effect, your fingerprint becomes, is attached to this key that's on your device and that replaces the need for a password. So I'm all for it. I just, mm. I, I don't think I'll really understand it until I use it. 
No, I always have the chuckle when Apple says that Safari is a le- one of the leading leading web browsers. Like, yeah, well, no, it's not really because I still have lots of issues with um, yeah. using Safari on quite a lot of different web pages. Thanks very much. It's pretty awful. If I, did, yeah. if I didn't have to switch to Chrome and Microsoft Edge all the time, I wouldn't have an issue. But yeah, yeah, but I, I still think Safari just needs a lot of work done to it. It just it mm-hmm. tends to let me down, particularly on the Mac. So yeah, I just I always had I always have to chuckle when I say it's one of the leading things for um, web brain. It's like yeah, you know, obviously we work on different sides of the fence. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes though, I think it lets me down. Then I go try the same web page on Windows ten and Jaws, and it it, it may yeah. be different, but it's not really any better. So mm. it's yeah, but sometimes it doesn't work. You're right, it, it doesn't, and it doesn't. Safari does need some work when it comes to how it works with accessibility. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah. iPad OS 16 going to have weather coming to your iPad, David. You're going to now be able to get your weather without going to your phone. And and th- people have cried for years about no weather on the iPad. Where they're going to get it? Oh, uh, hang on, hang on. Let me just see if I can do this. Hang on, let me just see if I can do. Oh, no, that's laughing. No, hey, that's a joke. Wait a minute. Oh. there you go. <laughs> you, I, I think I think you pushed the wrong button. I did push the wrong button. <laughs> can I just say something? You just missed out a really cool feature on the Mac, though. That's where okay, you can transfer ahead. a FaceTime. That's where you can transfer FaceTime calls from your iPhone to your Mac, and back again, because you can't do that at the moment. Okay, Did I didn't. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I remember them saying that. Now they say that, but I didn't know you hmm. couldn't do that already. You can't no, do it now. No, you can't. Nope. Oh, no, no. You okay. can start a face. No, you can. It's either on your iPhone or your Mac. It's not like you're hmm. using your, you know, your Apple Watch. You can do it, pick it up on your iPhone. You can't do it from iPhone to Mac. Whereas now you'll be able to. Because um, a few, quite a few times when I'm in a, a meeting with folks, you know, I've been using my iPhone in the car. I come back in and I don't want to keep using my iPhone. I want to sit at my desk and talk on my Mac, and now I'll be able to do that. So um, that was one of the really other really cool things besides the webcam was the fact you can now transfer the, your, your your phone call FaceTime from your phone to your Mac, or even if you're on a call on the Mac, you'll transfer it back to your iPhone and you know go out and keep talking. So that's going to be really cool as well. But yeah, getting back to the weather, <laughs> uh, that's well. One thing but I, th- I, before you do, thanks for pointing that out mm-hmm. because that is an important feature, and I think that's one actually that people will likely use a lot. So thanks for not letting me skip yeah. over that one. What about the weather? So I, I've been I can never understand since the iPad came out in two thousand and ten why there has never been an app for the a weather app for the iPad. So. I thought finally, and then they had to. I, I had to chuckle because the, now they said there's a there's a new API called WeatherKit, and I thought, seriously, guys, why do you need a whole API library just to display the weather on an iPad? I just thought yeah. that was a bit overkill, but you know, yeah. whatever. But no, so I don't have to use Weather Gods anymore. I'll be able to use the the native weather app on my iPad, so that's going to be really cool. Well, that's good. All right. Well, I don't. I don't hmm. currently do much with an iPad, so I don't have to worry about Me that. Either. I just use old Carrot Weather with all its snarkiness on my oh, I love iPhone. <laughs> they, they talked about desktop class apps uh, coming to the hmm. iPad. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's suggesting to me that they're really going to start trying to take more advantage of the real power of these M1 chips that are on the iPad. And it seems like that's been underutilized up until now. So I'm glad to see that. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I didn't realise that um, it's one of these things that I just assume that the iPad can do, but you can't do things like rename a file extension, um, rename folders. There's quite a few desktop things that you'll take for granted in Finder on the Mac that you can't even do on the iPad. So, again, it just sounds like they're bringing what the iOS offers on the iPad much closer to what you can already do on the Mac. So I thought that's a, a really good thing because quite a few times I want to be able to rename a file extension because I know exactly what I'm doing with the file. And, yeah, being able to just even do that simple type stuff. And I think they were even talking about the undo is not a global thing. So now that the undo function will be now much more of a global system thing rather than just being app specific. So that's another really good feature as well. Yeah, and they also mentioned that you can plug the iPad into an external display and I guess have it take yeah. on the characteristics of the capabilities of that display and and do more that way visually. And so it sounds like that's probably a good thing. And then we get back to Tim, who kind of wrapped this whole thing oh, up. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, Robert. <laughs> oh, I must have Jesus, missed another mate, what one. What have you been doing? What have you been doing? You've been sleeping or something. Okay, remember the, the app called Freeform? For sharing. So when you're on a FaceTime call or you're in messages, you can set up this thing called Freeform, which is going to be an app. And it's like a whiteboard. So if you want to brainstorm or you're going on a trip, you can add in videos and audio and links and all that sort of cool stuff. So um, I thought that was going to be pretty exciting. So, you know, if you're going on a trip in a year and you think, okay, well, you know, let's the 10 of us get together and let's plan our trip, what we want, might want to see, you can do all that which I'm assuming is going to be completely accessible. And the other interesting thing with the iPad, which I thought was amazingly interesting, is they're going to be introducing this thing called virtual memory, which brings me back to my good old DOS days about high memory and that sort of stuff. So if your system's only got whatever the whatever the, the amount of memory the iPad's got in it, it'll be able to actually use the storage in the iPad for more virtual memory. And I thought that's going to be amazing for multitasking. So particularly if you're running fairly high intensive CPU apps yeah. and your, you know, your store your memory, the physical RAM is getting full, it'll just be able to automatically switch off to the virtual RAM and use that as its access point rather than going and slowing down or doing what else it does when the RAM starts to get full. So I thought that was also pretty exciting as well. So that that to me, the virtual stuff was exciting because that to me is almost like that's a real computer then if it can start yes. using the physical storage as its memory i mean that's what a real computer does as well to some extent mm-hmm. yeah for sure and again you know it's, it's maturing right it, it's it's yeah. taking yeah. advantage of what's there yeah no, exactly no it's pretty amazing and we probably should add that um, all those betas are available for developers as of today which is actually pretty fantastic so um I'll be updating across the board. It was interesting, Robert. They didn't mention anything about TVOS. They did not. No, they didn't. <laughs> not a single thing. No, no. And nothing about new AirPods, nothing about new HomePods, no nothing. So I thought, hmm, maybe they're going to have a few more hardware announcements um, yeah. during the yeah, year. Yeah, we'll so get hardware in the fall. And there might even there might even be new hardware, you know, watch, and uh, that they might announce yeah. some, some new sensors or something then. But – it, it, they got us primed for the next thing. All we got to do is keep that uh, keep that credit card ready. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Now, um, look, I, I can. The only thing I, I mean, my, my wife's getting an iPhone fourteen anyway, regardless. Um, so she'll be getting a fourteen. I won't be. Um, 
So the only thing that would tempt me if there was a new Apple Watch with more hardware sensors, that would be the only thing that would would tempt me so far. And, of course, there was no mention about anything to do with, you know, artificial or augmentative reality or virtual reality. So no mention about, you know, the, the quote, Apple glasses or anything else. So Because mm-hmm. that was another big thing. It's like, oh, will we get will we get a mention? Or will it get a mention? And of course, that, that never happened as well. Yeah. Yeah, there will be more. Sorry, to Robert. Come please, sure. uh, please, please re- review your previous transmission now. <laughs> <laughs> Did I have a previous transmission that needed reviewing? I can't remember what I well, said. Well, I think you were moving on to Tim's chat, and I, I, I rudely interrupted you and went, "Hey, wait a minute!" <laughs> oh no, thank you so much for doing that because I didn't want to leave those things out that I was about to. So I appreciate that. Um, That's okay. Yeah, so so I think that pretty well covers it for me. Tim just reiterated what had already mm. been said. Um, so final thoughts. Uh, what do you think, Allison? Well, I'm I'm excited. I always I always leave these feeling excited for the future. As always, I, I you know there are some longer standing bugs that I that I hope get fixed. But even with those that exist on my phone right now like there's nothing that i can't do there's nothing that there's bugs that are so bad that i can't that i can't use it so i you know i know i've seen a little bit of shade being thrown on twitter like oh well why didn't they talk about fixing this bug and prioritizing (laughs) this and i'm like well look is it making Uh it so you can't use your phone no you're using it to tweet this crap right now so I would like to see them put a lot more energy into really fixing uh, Braille. Yes, I would too. I really would, I have to say. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with with that being said, you know, I'm I guess I guess some people focus, you know, I'm I'm a glass half full kind of person, so I'm I'm going to focus on the good and yeah, the Braille bugs would be amazing to fix every uh, other some of the weird call bugs that some of us have would be amazing but all in all it's a great platform still and it seems like it's going to get better and you know allison i i don't think you're being overly uh glass half full with that because when you really stop and think about it these advances that we have today even with what bugs they have are, are honestly pretty incredible the yeah. things that we can do with, with with these phones. And I think people forget about that and just want this or want that, but forget about how well it actually does work sometimes. Hmm. Yeah, when we think in the beginning of all of our lifetimes, like we never would have thought we would have been able to use any of this stuff, hmm. you know, and it didn't exist, but still, you know, we never certainly thought it would be for us. And well, even when the iPhone first came out, I never thought we'd be able to use the touch yeah, screen. didn't think so either. Yeah. No, it was like, it was like when Windows came out. Oh, that's the end of it. No blind person can't use a, a, a GUI anymore. It's like with the when the touch-based phones came out, it's like, oh, no, here we go again. <laughs> yeah, but it all turned out differently. Hmm. Yeah. Any any final thoughts from you, David? And I, I love your, your, your ability to kind of look at it from a, a, the lens that you take to all this. Cause I know uh, deep down you, you really love and use these Apple products and you're able to, to see kind of where things need to go. What, what thoughts do you have about today's keynote? Yeah. The cars, the, the, the improvements overall were, were really amazing. I mean, I always love the fact that they make stuff so global and of course it, it's not to do with accessibility. It's to do with just general access, general access, but also remember the fact that, 
Apple made that huge announcement with um, Global Access Awareness Day where they actually announced quite a few accessible changes to the iOSs. So, for example, um, for people that can't see or access their Apple Watch, you'll be able to control your Apple Watch via your iPhone. And there was, you know, custom sounds and there was a lot of other stuff to do with accessibility. So that's why they didn't mention accessibility in the, the keynote today because that was already taken care of in, mm-hmm. in Guard like it did last year. So um, the fact that you can run, you know, accessibility wizards for your iPhone, your Apple Watch and your Mac using the Shortcuts app on your phone or and or the Mac, that's actually pretty amazing sort of stuff. The only thing I would have loved to see would have been a, a text edit style application on iOS where I could actually directly, I mean, I can, I can use pages, but I thought sometimes I can't quite understand why Apple, they make cross-platform apps available, but they don't go the whole distance. So we know we've got contacts and we've got messages and we've got Safari and we've got reminders. And it's like, but the only thing you haven't got is really a, because I don't really see pages across format cross platform application because a lot of people and especially voiceover users, I hate using pages with speech because there's so many blasted controls to navigate through. Mm-hmm. But just something as nice as plain as text in it, which is the one that I use for doing a lot of my general writing on the Mac, it would be so nice if that just came to the uh, to iOS and the iPad because then. I would really sort of almost feel like I was using my Mac because text edit's my favorite go-to one. I just you know I even have a keyboard commander key for it. I just press, you know, right option E for text edit and off I go. So mm. that would be really nice. So but besides that, um, you know, I thought it was a a really real a well done presentation. I was a little bit sad that, you know, TV TVOS didn't get any love. Um we didn't hear much about the home pods and that sort of stuff, but you know, the main things were covered. Mac Mac was covered. iOS was covered. iPad OS was covered. Um, a little bit disappointed on, on watch OS. But again, I think it's more hardware improvements than, than anything else. But, you know, I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with what you all are saying with all of it. And I won't reiterate the things that you've said. Appreciate uh all your thoughts today. It's always fun to get together with you all and kind of bounce all this around and expound on it a little bit. And kind of, we always, I always walk away with something new to think about. So I appreciate that from you all, but I think we'll wrap this one up. I'm going to get it uh, published this evening if I can, or if not first thing in the morning so that we can uh, have uh, a chance for people to hear kind of what this whole keynote was about today. So Allison, uh, David, thank thank you both for being here. And I am Robert, one of the tech doctors. I'm just going to say so long for now. And I'm Allison, one of the tech doctors, and I'm going to say bye, everyone. And I'm the uh, Aussie blow-in from Australia, and I just like to say that I want Robert to uh, to practice his golf. So next time I'll be checking on how he's going on the green putting. (laughs) 